guys. Welcome to episode one of Vibing in Valentino. This is where it all starts, you guys, and I'm so happy that you're here. My past week has been fun and busy. I've been writing articles. I'll link my author profile down below in the show notes if you guys want to check that out and read some. Um, or I've been working on this podcast and recording, editing pictures, taking pictures, filming a workout, all of that. Um, but you know what I realized that this is the work that I truly enjoy and it is so different when you're busy doing work that you enjoy and I used to be for so long super busy doing work that I wasn't into and it took me a while to bite the bullet and start doing something new but as soon as I decided to start focusing on creating valuable content I just felt like this huge flow of creativity and that's when I actually got the idea for Vibing in Valentino. So I owe me biting the bullet to creating all of this. And I want to start off this episode, and I want this to be like a weekly segment called Weekly Weakness. It's going to be about like what I'm obsessed with this week, and then every time I have a guest on, I'll ask them the same question, kind of like their weekly favorite or whatever. So for this week, you guys, I have been obsessed with this Dr. Hoshka. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I'm sure some of you guys have seen it. It's like at Whole Foods. Dr. Hoshka Rose Day Cream. So it's like a face cream. I remember trying it for the first time when I lived in New Zealand in seventh grade, and I loved it. But then after that, I moved back to Thailand, and I couldn't find it anymore, so I kind of gave up on it. I just totally forgot about it. It was one of your like middle school exes that you had a crush on for a long time, and then you just grow up and you grow out of it. That's kind of this facial moisturizer for me. (laughs) (laughs) but I reunited with my middle school lover my face cream on my trip to Europe last month with my family and I can't believe it took this long but it's so good my face is normally super dry and this keeps it really moisturized and glowy all day I have been on this mission to like spend more days makeup free which is also why I'm getting um, eyelash extensions on Saturday so shout out to my girl Dee I'll let you know how that goes. I'm so excited. I'll usually just throw eye cream on, this day cream on, and a sunscreen, and I'll be ready. And it smells so good. It helps clear up my skin without drying it. In LA, the weather is like so dry. I've never been in a place where I need to like lather myself in moisturizer as soon as I hop out the shower. It is kind of like a heavier, oilier face cream though. So if your skin is already on the oilier side or you live in like a humid place, they have a lighter version of this day cream. It's just called like, I think Rose Day Cream Light, something like that. That would be way better for you. This is not at all sponsored. It's just pure obsession. I've been using it like twice a day for like a month now. Love it. I have this moisturizer linked down in the show notes below if you guys want to check that out. Let me know your guys' thoughts on the day cream. So with Memorial Day coming up, a lot of people are going to be going out of town. So I figure let's talk travel. If you guys follow me on Instagram at I love Nicole Knob, you might have seen all my Europe adventures not too long ago. I think I went maybe like four weeks ago. My family just turned into a really, really cruisy family, you guys. We have gone on two cruises in, I want to say, like, six months. Oh, maybe a little bit more than that. Maybe like eight or nine months. But 
we're a very cruisy family now and that's probably the only way my dad will travel anymore because you only have to pack and unpack once you have to just pack when you leave your house and then unpack when you get on the ship and then don't have to worry about it for like the next week or two and you get to go to so many different countries all on one little go if you guys want to book a cruise i really suggest crystal cruise line it's like a super luxury cruise line i hear horror stories all the time about people like literally fighting for food on other cruise lines and i'm thinking these are like more of the mass cruise lines that weird, I don't know, toilet not working incident. I have no idea what that was all about. That sounds like a nightmare. This one is not like that. Everything is unlimited. All day long, you can find food anywhere. And most importantly, you can find alcohol anywhere. My favorite part, everything is open bar. You don't have to pay for anything. Everything was included in your trip. So like, I have always made it my mission to drink back what I paid. I want to say the first go round, I was super successful in doing that i was probably messed up like the majority of the time which is great like a good messed up you know what i mean like i wasn't out there embarrassing my family you guys but yeah they have waiters and butlers and they know everybody's names by the first week that you're on the ship so it's great this is not sponsored i wish they were sponsoring me to say all this (laughs) because we're actually going on another cruise next year to jordan and israel um so yeah i wish it was sponsored but it's not this is just pure like i really recommend this cruise line to you guys travel is one of my favorite things to do unlike a lot of people i am big on packing like i get off on a perfectly organized suitcase like when everything fits into one suitcase even if i'm allowed to bring two like if i can make everything fit in one suitcase i love it and i'm like oh my god i just did the damn thing i am big on packing If everything is organized, I am like, that made my whole day. And I also love to fly. It's really the best feeling for me when I am not reachable. You don't hear about bullshit. You don't have to hit me up on no, like, what you doing? You know what I mean? Like, and piss me off. Nothing like that. Don't, no, don't talk to me. I will plug in my headphones. We are listening to podcasts reading books, doing a face mask, getting drunk off the champagne, all that fun stuff, and none of the bullshit. Today, I am going to share with you some of my biggest tips for traveling. I think it's a big one. I think it's coming at the right time because of the holidays coming up. So with that being said, let's get into my very first tip. Packing cubes. Okay, so these are like those little bags that you put your clothes in to kind of categorize and section off your clothes. I just googled them for you guys and there's some really cute baby pink ones on Amazon for like $20 right now. I'll link them below as well in the show notes. These aren't the exact same ones I use but I mean they're all the same, you know. What I do is I usually use four. I do one for daytime clothes, another one for nighttime clothes, one for gym clothes, and one for underwear and swimwear. So I put like sports bras and leggings in the gym clothes one and then underwear, swimwear is everything else. And I also do socks in my gym clothes one because I never, when I'm on vacation, I never really wear sneakers unless I'm in the gym. And I'm telling you, this thing saves you a lot of time rummaging through your suitcase just to find like a single shirt or underwear. Because you know, things get knocked around en route. So 
this is going to save you a lot of time. It helps you save some space too, I think, because of that extra kind of compression when you zip everything up. Big on that. I never actually pack without these anymore. And I've, I've been using packing cubes for like years and years. My second tip is to pack gym clothes. So I've actually written about this in one of my articles for bitches. Even if you guys aren't going to work out, having spare clothes in case something comes up, like people never think about flying back. People never think about the outfit they're going to fly back in. So let's say I leave Monday and I have to fly back Sunday. I have, and I have been this person, so like definitely you guys are not alone. Like. I won't think about, okay, like the outfit I'm wearing when I'm leaving because obviously I'm going to wear that to the airport. I'm not going to go naked. So I'm not worried about packing that. But what I will do is I'll pack all my nice stuff up until like Saturday. Sunday rolls around and I don't have clothes to fly back in because they're all like super dressy or they're like dirty. I find that packing gym clothes helps you avoid any situations like that where you like accidentally run out of clothes to wear. And it also comes in handy if you're like planning on sticking to your workout routine on vacation. And this is something I personally recommend. And if you're into that, then tip three is for you. Tip number three, take advantage of the jet lag. So depending on where you're going and the time difference, you might have a few hours to spare either early in the morning or late at night, just because you can't sleep and you're not tired. Don't force yourself to go back to sleep. I can usually never go back to sleep once I've woken up. And trying to do that just makes me frustrated. Like it doesn't make me a happy camper. So what I do is I kind of just use that time to go work out. And I take advantage of being up earlier or later than I should be. And I use that time for myself. Because I am the type of person that if I'm traveling and I'm assuming like I'm traveling with family or friends, I need either time I need time for myself anyway like however I can get it so if I work out in the morning that's kind of my way to like to prepare myself for dealing with um, other people and their bullshit all day long and if I'm working out at night that's kind of my way to recover from dealing with other people's bullshit all day long so either way it's a win-win and it's just nice to have that time to yourself regardless of where you are in the world Okay, tip number four and my last tip. This deals when you're en route to your destination when you're flying. Pack a face mask on the plane. Also pack moisturizer, hand sanitizer, and hand cream. Oh, I cannot stress this enough that the airplane air is so trash for your skin. It is so drying. So if you're big on skincare in general, you should be extra big on skincare on the plane. And if you're not big on skincare in general, then I suggest you start on the plane is probably the best time to do a face mask and just kind of zone out and do your thing. I like to pack a sheet mask for overnight flights so I'm not scaring people during waking hours. But a gel sleeping mask is my go-to for other flights, like a daytime flight. A gel sleeping mask from Minaj is really, really good. It comes in like a blue kind of jar. Super cute. I will do that. I'll do a mask and I'll maybe like use an iPad, you know, like those gel iPads and just kind of zone out and enjoy my time, my alone time. Just before you mask, make sure you clean your face off with a wipe and never ever fly in makeup. Like that's just, I used to do that when I was little, like in high school. 
and I don't know how I did it because essentially I was sleeping in makeup and in high school it wasn't like I don't think I was taking as great care of my skin as I do now and I would like land and I would wonder why I was breaking out and you know duh bitch because you would just you spent 14 hours in makeup and it's like now all dry so congratulations okay hand sanitizer and it's another big one um and hand cream but you know obviously you need hand cream it's just because it's so drying hand sanitizer i saw i don't remember if it was like a news segment or an article on like cnn it was a credible source but they analyzed like the germs and the bacteria that was on planes bottom line you don't want to be touching anything on a fucking plane like not even that little knob that lowers your table down turnover time for when they have to like kick you off the plane and bring other people on is so short they don't have time to sanitize everything so ew and flight attendants depending on like the hall of the flight like if i was flying from la to dc they're pretty much on their feet the whole time and they don't have like all the time in the world to wash their hands after serving everybody you know what i mean usually they're like picking up this person's trash and then bringing you your water so imagine the germs i would just i'm cringing talking about it bring like maybe a sanitizing wipe and wipe everything down in your vicinity that you have to touch because that's that's gross that's like a flying box of bacteria and germs so i had asked my followers on instagram to send in questions for me to answer on this episode and i got a few good ones so let's get started the first question that I'm going to answer, career goals and what drives me. Okay, so my career goals. This has always been a rough one for me because I didn't, like I said, I never, I've said this in the intro episode where I kind of talked about my current work life. And I was never somebody that like kind of knew exactly what they wanted to be when they grew up. So career goals, I hope that whatever I choose to do as a career and to make my living, I hope that I wake up every day and I am inspired by it and I look forward to working. I look forward to not only doing what it is well, whatever it is, I, I hope I do it well, but I, I hope I am able to further it to new heights. So whether it is in content creation or being a podcaster full-time, I hope that I eventually become an expert in this field and I'm somebody who is able to leave a mark in their industry. And that is kind of what drives me every day. And that's why lately I just, I've been very, very laser focused because I have a vision in my head of how I see everything that I'm doing now going but that is something that I like to keep to myself. And that vision is kind of what drives me. Number two, what are my hobbies? My hobbies, now that I am not doing fitness and training people full time, my hobbies, my biggest hobby is working out. And that is so cheesy, I feel, because, you know, clearly, <laughs> but I also read a lot. So I read everything from nonfiction and true crime. So I just finished this. I'm actually going to do a quick review on it in a later episode. Um, the Devil in the White City. I forgot the author's name, 
but he did a bunch of research on Chicago during, it was 1845, I want to say. It was during the World's Fair, and it was also the same period of time where H.H. H. Holmes started kind of killing all these women and kids, actually. And it's, it's just crazy. It's nuts. It's a great book. I actually tried to like find podcasts about it discussing that time period, and I only found a couple, which surprised me. I thought there would be more. So yeah, I work out. I read. I also like to read scientific studies on anything related to nutrition and fitness. My advisor, my grad school advisor, Dr. Eddie Joe, actually ingrained that kind of not love for it. I wouldn't say I love it. I would say it's more of like a, I just want to keep myself up to date on the science behind everything. So he was the one that kind of instilled that in me and the importance of doing that. Because back in high school, I remember, or in undergrad, I remember having to read all that stuff and I had no idea. I was like, this is so dull. Bye. So yeah, those are my hobbies. I read and I work out. Three, what attracts me to a guy? <laughs> Um, this is a juicy one, actually. A guy asked me this, and I'm not surprised at all. But a girl then asked me, describe your dream man. So I am going to actually answer them both. So my dream man. Are we talking about looks? Like, I'm not quite sure. Okay, we're just going to knock the looks out the way. <laughs> Looks-wise, I'm not picky. I feel like I've dated a couple bad apples. <laughs> I wish I was not doing this episode solo. Like, I wish I had, like, one of my girls on here to make fun of me for. But, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am cringing, actually. I have dated the rainbow of the spectrum. Like, I've dated heavy, skinny, dated tall, short, old, young. <laughs> oh, God, this is rough. So... I'm, I'm very not particular looks-wise. I, I hope you're tatted. <laughs> That's my main thing. I hope you're tatted. <laughs> but personality-wise, I need somebody who can take on a very big leadership role. Because I don't know if you guys can tell, I am not that type. I am very like, tell me what we're doing for a date. <laughs> tell me where we're going to go eat. <laughs> What do I have to wear? Like, I, I need guidance along the way. And that's just, I don't know if that's because I'm, like, the baby of the family or what, but I need that kind of a clear cut, like, be a leader. You know what I mean? Like, tell me what it is. I need a guy that loves his mom or is close to a female figure in his life. And if you are somebody who don't have a good relationship with females in your life, I don't think that I would ever have a good relationship with you because the guy already knows how to treat the girl. I have tried this with people before and I've tried this with guys before where I've, I've tried to teach them how to treat not just me, but even in future relationships, like this is how you should treat your next girlfriend if we don't work out. And it just doesn't, it doesn't stick. You know what I mean? When they finally learn and they finally understand it for themselves, the one that they date after that that's going to be the one they end up with. I think that goes for a lot of my friends and a lot of the people that I know as well. You have to be 
super funny because I I like to laugh. I'm like super goofy. I like to laugh. I like to make other people laugh. So you have to be funny. You have to Oh, you know what what a good one is? Actually, and I didn't realize how important it was until I dated a guy who did not like Thai food. You have to like Thai food. You have to we have to have some of those preferences in common, and that includes food, music, the type of dates we want to go on. Because if I'm with somebody who considers like going out all night to be a date, then that's not going to last very long. So I think in any kind of courtship, you have to have like just a few. Oh, and you have to love my dog. That's like the four things. Like you have to, you have to love my dog. Right, Kufa? That's the bottom line, babe. That's a deal breaker. If you don't love my dog, I cannot. I like it. You won't go past like the first date because that's like my kid. I like to have like a very traditional role kind of and it's because I've seen this in my parents and they've been together for like 30 plus years and they're thriving and they're happy and at the end of the day yeah like every relationship has their issues but these are the two people that they know they have each other through and through and they've learned that the hard way and they have came out the other side stronger than ever and I so I've seen that transformation happen and I think I like could cry happy tears of joy seeing their marriage now and I saw that traditional role from my mom where she was she was really the rock of the family and my dad was the provider and that's all I grew up around and that's the example that I see so it's great for me to have my own career and build my own future and be super successful in my own right that means a lot to me but at the end of the day i think this also relates back to the career goals question where it's like that's why i don't want to say this is why i don't have career goals but this could be a part because my goals have always been personal my goals have always been like i want to be the best wife the best daughter the best sister the best friend the best mom to my future you know husband my future kid my anything that was more my kind of my kind of goals and the traditional role of being like the the rock and the glue that holds everybody in the family together that was super important to me so yeah definitely a guy that um is more inclined to take on a traditional role so <laughs> i spent a lot of time on that question there was a lot to say <laughs> okay number five what is your pet peeve um my pet peeve are we talking like about like on a date my pet peeve in general and i think this happens a lot with people in la is when people name drop unnecessarily you know like oh be right back i'm gonna go call so and so and give me their full name like you don't have to annoying don't do that um on a date or like in a relationship my pet peeve is Ooh, my pet peeve is um, if you know something but you want to pretend like you don't know it or if you make snide comments and just try to like get it out of me. So like, okay, this one time, this is story time again. So this one time I was like, you know, I had my phone out on the bed or whatever. I <laughs> went to go shower and he like, I guess he like looked at my phone and he saw this name pop up on the screen. Mind you, we were not in a relationship at the time that I knew of. Okay, we were not we we're not in a relationship at the time. I had no idea what we were. So he saw a name on my phone, and I didn't see that 
until I got out of the shower and I was like, and it, you know, you can kind of tell when somebody like opened up your phone because it, it like disappears or whatever. So this was like back in like the old iOS days, like forever ago. I was like, oh, that's weird. So I like looked at it and didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, he probably, he probably saw it, whatever. And then he went outside the living room. His boy was there. They were talking about it. And then this guy's name was brought up in like a very snide way. And I was just kind of like, oh, true. So like, that's like a pet peeve of mine, like passive aggression. That's what it is. Pa passive aggression. I was going to say passion aggression, but that actually sounds pretty good. And I knew it wasn't right. So passive aggression is my biggest pet peeve in the world, other than name dropping. Last question. In a world full of fake people, how do you know or seek genuine people? This is a very philosophical question, I feel. I think in a world full of fake people, a lot of people can't tell fake people from real people. Does that make sense? You can't tell a fake person what real or fake is if they're fake themselves. So naturally, you are going to be gravitating towards people that are real to you. I gravitate towards the people that are real to me. The person next to me, hypothetically, will gravitate to whoever they feel is real to them. But if I look at the person next to me and I'm like, you are fake, the people that you gravitate to or that you gravitate to you must also be fake because that's just how the world works, right? And I feel like that's kind of just how you know genuine from fake. I think that fake is also a very, very subjective term. Fake for me does not mean the same as fake to maybe other people or, you know, like no two people will perceive fake or genuine in the same way. I mean, I feel like this is a question that people can answer differently. I just think that you cannot teach anybody what's real and what's fake. That's just something that somebody inherently knows and that's the real to them is what they're going to gravitate towards. So if you consider this one person and they're everybody they're gravitating towards too fake, then that's that's fake for you. That's how you can tell, you know? So yeah, that kind of wraps up the Q&A session, you guys, and it kind of wraps up the first episode of Biting and Valentino. Actually, you know what, as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, I keep flashing back to the time when I had a blog in undergrad and it was called I Love Nicole Nam. It's also why all of my social media handles are I Love Nicole Nam, actually. The blog is shut down now. My credit card expired and I forgot to log in to go back and renew my credit card information and renew my domain name, something stupid like that. And if I could go back in time, I actually almost wish that I stuck to the blogging thing for longer than I did because the interactions on there were so meaningful to me. And I would respond to everybody's comments and look at everybody's blogs because I made it so anybody that commented on my blog that had their own blog, it would automatically link their blog. And then I would just go check out their page and be like, oh my God, this is so cool. But you know what, to be honest, the timing for it at the time, I don't think that I was ready to do the proper upkeep for a blog. Like I was writing every day, taking editing pictures. What is really messing with my head is that is all the stuff that I do now. 
I enjoy it now. But you know what? Six years ago, I was not ready for it. I was so focused on everything else. And I just think that if any of you guys are on the same page as me where you've kind of just decided to branch out in search of something that sets your soul on fire and you're passionate about, maybe look back at your misadventures and mishaps and trials and errors along the way because your passions really have a way of coming back to you and gravitating back towards you and like showing you the light. So yeah, that's all the time I have for now. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Vibing in Valentino, season one, episode one. We did it. We're on the road. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button. Feel free to send me any questions you want. I have linked my Instagram down below, so you can just DM me your questions for episode two. And I will see you guys next time.